Hey everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenue, benvenuti, willkommen. Welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode number 55. It's your boy Joe behind the mic. And unfortunately, we don't have any real football games to talk about, but we have some eh, news that's going on in Europe right now, and we thought that we'd keep you up to date. And with me, as always, to to keep you guys in the loop is my friend and co-host, Rui Pereira. Rui, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic. As always, (laughs) Joe. Yeah, you're like you're really hyper tonight. Did I you, am, like, dude, I am so amped right now. I have no idea what we're gonna talk about, but it's just well, <laughs> I do. I have an idea. <laughs> it's like, dude, you you help me with the notes. Like you know exactly what we're talking no, about. I do, but you know, I don't know how it's gonna go. You know. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, there's no there's no games to to recap on, and that's our it's bread just, and butter. It's turmoils like, within locker rooms. Like I love love analyzing that and talking about that kind of stuff. And now it's just kind of like. Making predictions of what's going to be happening in the next couple of months and even possibly next summer. I think we yeah. all know what we're talking about. Right. But um, but yeah, man, it's it's Friday night. Um, just feeling good, man. Just yeah, you must have been pounding coffees before. I actually did. I was. I mean, <laughs> work's been so slow. Work has been so slow lately that I've just been you know practicing latte art, just making coffees and doing some work around the shop and stuff. So um. You know, I've I've had uh I've had a few uh, a few coffees today, so yeah, definitely a few more than usual. Anyway, shall we dive into it? Let's see what we got. All right. So as of right now, this is just these are none of these dates are absolutely finalized. But UEFA came out and said that they plan on having the Europa League, the final, I should say, on the twenty fourth of June. And the Champions League final, the 27th of June, if I'm not mistaken. This also means they will postpone the Euro till next year, keeping the same dates, the same like the same summertime dates, June 11th, 2021 to July 11th, 2021. That's just the basic idea right now. Rui, what do you make of this stuff? Is it the right decision? I think it's the right decision. I know it's it's, it's an absolute disaster what's going on around the world because of this virus and Italy in particular obviously China too and uh the UK are being hit pretty hard now and the world and everywhere I hate to right? I hate to say this the worst hasn't arrived yet here in the in the states and I'm, I hope it doesn't arrive but right um just the way things are going how this virus has been progressing in all these countries it looks quite likely that it's going to get a little bit worse than what it is now um yeah, it's just it's just a sad situation, man. And just putting football aside, just just humanity in general, just people are losing their lives, they're getting sick, and it's just creating a panic. And football is no longer in the mix right now. Yeah, um, as of right now. So I I do think uh, it's the right decision. Uh, some people think it's uh, we're not doing enough. Some people think we're doing we're going to the extreme about this, but uh, you know, not, you know, I think it's the right decision just to cancel everything right now, and it's it's on to focusing on the more important thing, and that is the lives of people and clearing up the virus as quickly as possible. This is just a little aside, and I, I remember reading this online earlier today, but Claudio Lotito actually wanted to start training as early as next week again. When Italy is going through all that, what do you make of that? I I guess it all depends. Um, if the players 
if the players are all quarantined within the, like the facility and whatever, and everyone is tested negative and no one's going in and no one's going out, sure. But I don't think that's that's likely. So I'm not right. I'm not a big fan of uh, of that. I think, you know, I'm not an expert, so I know um, people have different solutions different proposals on how to go about this but i think it's best that like everyone just stays home especially in italy just stay home just ride out this uh this lockdown or shutdown and just see where it takes uh where it goes from there yeah i was gonna say that i feel like next week might be a little bit early but but that's just my opinion we're not there so yeah i I can only imagine i I do obviously i do agree with postponing the euros you don't you know you don't want to just rush into uh a tournament and just try to cram everything in because people are just under they're they're not no one's gonna be ready the players aren't sure clubs aren't sure yeah and they still have the their seasons especially Lazio. Lazio has a lot riding on the season a lot of clubs have a lot riding on their season so they still have all those games to play but if i were to make a suggestion, I would like to see at least the Champions League and the Europa League finish because I think that's important to yeah. next next season. And it's you know it's the biggest it's the biggest club tournaments, so I believe it should continue. I think we've played long enough in all the all the leagues where we can kind of just I don't know call it as is. Just you know okay. the top four. I, let's I say can, like you know in I England, that, yeah. England. Um, Liverpool, Spain, would be and the Italy, the top four teams that just finished right now just go on they to get, the yeah uh, to the Champions League. We don't have to recognize a winner. The leagues can sure, sure whatever, but um, I think it's most important uh, just to finish the the Europa League and Champions League, and then have the leagues just probably cancel the the leagues, the continuation of the league, yeah. or just play a few more games. And that would be up to each FA, yeah, like each football association to decide. Right, either way. I don't see how any team that ends up winning their respective league can't go without like an asterisk next to their yeah. next to this title this title year like on Wikipedia if you looked it up it'd be like oh asterisk this is when coronavirus happened but uh anyway this regards a little bit more with the euros there's still playoff games that need to be played that were going to be played next week actually in the end of March. Um, since that isn't happening, and with a packed summer schedule, especially with since they're planning on moving those UEFA competitions to the end of June, when when should those games be played, and what would you do about it, really? I just want... This is all your opinion, obviously. Yeah, I would just... Uh, I mean, we, we got a ways to go. If the Euros are going to be played next June... It's a year and three months away. So whenever there's that international break next season, have the playoff matches be be played during Continue. that time, whether it's in October or November, or I think there's another one in, what, February, or I, I forget. There's another one in the wintertime. Have it there, or March of next year, if they want to do, do it like that. Um, uh, it should be in an international break. Right. Uh, they shouldn't, like, kind of move the the club schedules around just to, just for the playoffs and for the teams that have already qualified you know they're going like a year and a half without playing any sort of like competitive uh football yeah does that give them an unfair advantage you think it could i you look at it you look at it now what was it in in november where they had the the qualification so that's mm-hmm. november to june that's 7 months so 7 months is a long time to go without 
a competitive match in international play, it could affect them because at that point you're going to go a year in seven months. Yeah. So it it could affect them. It could be an advantage to the to the playoff teams. But I think when we look at all the teams have that have already qualified for the Euros, they're pretty much the favorites. You know. Yeah. Sure. So I think uh, all the favorites are pretty much already qualified. So they all have the, um, I guess, the same problem, you know, of going such a long time without playing. playing. So I guess the disadvantage, they have the same disadvantage. So I I, I don't think it should be an issue. It shouldn't be uh, an excuse for a team to, you know, choke or lose or whatever. It's, it is what it is. You're, you're given, you're, you're approaching the tournament as is, and that's it. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that logic. Um, another question. This is kind of broad, but UEFA has stated, and I actually think they might have taken this statement back. I think they reneged on this statement. Um, UEFA stated that they want all leagues and competitions wrapped up by the en- by the end of June, so the Champions League date, more or less. Is that realistic with everything that's going on from where we stand right now? The leagues. Probably not. Most likely not. Right. Um, I won't have a problem. As I mentioned before, I won't have a problem if they just cancel the leagues, leave it as is. All of the teams that finished in the European uh, positions, whether it's for the Euro- uh, UEFA Cup or the Champions League spot, just leave it as is, and that's that's it. I'm totally fine with that. But I do want to see the Champions League finished uh, and the UEFA Cup finished. So um, I think that's very possible because it's only a few games for each team sure. at the very maximum. You know, for other teams, it's only one or two games. Right. Yeah. True. So given the the current uh, structure or the current uh, position of the uh, of the knockout stages, so I, I think the tournament would be is definitely possible for uh, to be finished because if the rest of the leagues are canceled, you can basically do this weekly. Every yeah. week, they were actually or every about, other week. They were talking about putting them on the weekends. Yeah. So that that like I, I know, said, what, what do you what do you think? I mean that that I would like to see the Champions League and the Europa League finish too. I think that there's just a lot of money riding on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all those clubs really want the money, and you know, I wouldn't be mad if any FA, any football association, just decided not to assign a winner this year. I'm not saying that to like upset any Liverpool fans because they've been like waiting to win a title for so long, but it 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 ju- that would be an okay thing. I think that that's an understandable thing to do. The leagues, the way they stand now, if you just gave each team that was already qualified for a European spot, though, like you said, just do that. It, it makes life a little bit easier. Maybe yeah. it's not exactly the right thing to do, but it, it's certainly seems to me the, the most logical thing to do yeah so uh, i don't know like i said all of these ideas are one not set in stone two yeah they're they're speculation by uefa i think that they actually have you know taken a lot of these comments back sure. because they 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 don't want people getting the wrong idea and making plans around those dates just because they have no idea how long this situation will go on in Europe. So that's that's that. But we're it's not all doom and gloom. We we can't really we really like we, it can't be all doom and gloom. There's got to be hope with all of this, right? Yeah. There's there's definitely silver linings. And 
Rui actually decided to pick a few of the teams who he thinks have the biggest silver linings in all this postponement and stuff. And so he picked four teams and why not just go through them, pick some players that you think would benefit the most from this. Mm -hmm. So let's start with your boys, Portugal. National teams. Yeah, I should specify. National teams we're doing this for, for the, for for the, the Euros. Euros. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joe, the way that you were just, just uh, transitioning into all this now just made me think, since we're going to be without football for a while, maybe... A while. Maybe next week or the upcoming episodes, we can just do a, rev- a review on other teams, hey. too. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. So, I'd be for it. So if you guys aren't happy with the selection of <laughs> the international teams... You just let us know, and uh, we'll definitely be covering some some other national teams as well because there's some really good, uh, obviously, favorites and upcoming uh, potential dark horses. Too. Yeah, definitely, I would say so. Definitely, but yeah, let's start with um, let's start with my boys. Uh, Portugal are definitely going to be ben- if if this happens going going on and the playing final in 2021 for the tournament, Portugal are definitely going to uh, benefit from this because it gives time for their golden generation, their young players, and even the players that have already made it onto the national team, the younger ones, the ones that still have a lot of potential uh, to extract, they still have time to grow. And Portugal in 2018 won the Euros uh, for the under-19 team and a lot of these kids are being linked to big clubs in europe so uh, a lot of scouts from the biggest clubs are in portugal they have been in portugal throughout the season keeping an eye on all these players you know francisco trincan was already at barcelona uh jota from benfica ruben vinagre who's at wolverhampton he's been playing very well there's like that portuguese revolution contingent dude that little portuguese revolution at wolverhampton the majority of them they're going to be in the euros or they're expected to be in the Euros. Yeah. Uh, Florentino Luis, Thierry Correa. Thierry Correa was just purchased uh, by Valencia in the beginning of the of this past season. And right away, they slapped, I believe it was like a 90, uh, 90 million euro buyout clause for a right back for such a young kid. I think he's yeah. 19 years old. They must really believe in him. Full of potential. <laughs> So Portugal, and there's just so many other players, you know, Diogo Leite at Porto, Diogo Dalot at Manchester United, Rafael Leão at, Man- uh, at uh, AC Milan, and the list just goes on and on. So this is great. The only downfall that I would put on Portugal is Cristiano Ronaldo, Joao Moutinho, and Pep being one year older. Yeah, yeah. Those are, I mean, they're talismans for right. that and, squad, right? And, yeah, and I think... I think Cristiano Ronaldo's still going to be very good. Oh, for sure. But yeah. you just Another don't know. Once older. you start reaching that age, 34, 35 years old, maybe it's different because Ronaldo's just a model of athleticism. He's just a machine that people yeah. that he probably won't drop off as fast as, you know, maybe a Steven Gerrard did or Samuel Eto'o. Oh, sure. Players like that. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think we're hopeful there, but Bep... Pep being one year older, and each year since the year of 2016, he has dipped down in form. And even going back to Porto, he's really uh, uh, declined quite a bit. And he picked up an injury this year, still hasn't really looked the same. And next year, it's a year and three months. So I, I don't even know if he will actually be a part of the team for the upcoming Euros. He might be that that, Bruno, that, that like he sunk that low. 
I mean, I mean, usually when when players reach that age, they just decide to just retire from the international he play. He hasn't yet because Portugal really needs him, and he knows that he will still play. So I don't know. Maybe he'll play that Ricardo Carvalho and Bruno Alves, you know, role that they had in 2016. They were like 35, 36 years old, and they were still on the national team. So it just really shows how limited Portugal were in the center backs, and that's that's their number one problem right now going into the, the Euros is the center back duo. Fullbacks, they're loaded. Yeah. Absolutely loaded. Yeah, you were telling me some of the names. It's like half of them are center, like are right backs. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, so they're loaded at fullbacks. It's not a problem. Midfield, they're pretty solid. And then the attack is Great. through the roof. Bernard Silva, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Bruno Fernandes, João Felix, Gonzalo Guedes. That's You have tons of options there. Now this, what I think is going to happen with Portugal is... It's going to be um, Francisco Ferro and Ruben Dias. They're both on Benfica right now. So the positive side is that they have one more year to grow. They're young players. Right. And they also have a chemistry of playing next to each other. And I think it's uh, I think having like a chemistry like that in the back line is very crucial. It actually benefited Portugal in the last Euro with uh, José Font and Cedric, who they both played at Southampton together. And they True. looked like... They looked that right side was really, really strong uh, in the Euros uh, in 2016 for Portugal. So I'm really hopeful that that Diaz and Ferro are going to grow. They have tons of potential. They've been linked to big clubs. I think they're both 22 years old. Yeah, they're young, very young. So a lot of room to grow. So if they both stay at Benfica, it's good because they'll have another year to play with each other and get familiar even more. Um, are there any any other players that would that you think would have more time to grow? Any any injuries that they could potentially bounce yeah, back from? Actually, Ricardo Pereira has been a, one a of the best fullback. one <laughs> really of the best right backs in the world this year. Um, he's been at Leicester City. He picked up an injury and he was going to miss the Euros this year. So if it does get pushed back, he'll be he'll be back in time and ready to go for for next summer and. You know, as the other, he's the only real big injury, right? Yeah, he's the only real big injury. Yeah, but other players: Ruben Neves, Diogo Jota, yeah, João Felix, yeah. And maybe you even got... Andre Silva. They all yeah. have time to grow a little bit more, maybe uh, revive their careers. You think that he'd get called? You think Andre Silva would get called? Up? I think he will. I think he will. He does well with the national team. He does do well with the yeah, national. We don't really team. have another striker. True. Anyway. Um, do you mind if um, we talk about my boys? Let's do it, man. All right. Well, who would benefit the most from this Euro postponement? The first name that comes to my, my mind is Nicolas Agnola. They, just because he he's a young gun, he's full of talent, and the way that he played with the national team during the qualifiers was fantastic. He did a really good job. He would benefit the most from this postponement just because of the horrible injury he had. When was it? February. Is it against Juventus? I I think it was it was against Juventus yeah. because Demerol got hurt in the same match. That's right. And it that's was just, right. I was just like, Are and that's you another kidding? guy that's going to be benefiting. That he off will of be benefiting too. He's, he's going to be playing for Turkey. Right. So he would benefit out of all the players. He would benefit the most just because he needs to nurse that injury and come back. The big drawback with this team you have players like Bonucci and Immobile both of them will be another year older I mean 
they're stalwarts of the squad too. But you know, like like you mentioned before, sometimes, I mean, Ronaldo is. We have to exclude Ronaldo from like all of these calculations just because he's such a far outlier. He defies all logic. <laughs> so like, once you hit that thirty barrier, depending on your position, yeah, you could you you can slump like hard, mm-hmm. or you can like really grow and evolve. It, it all depends. Do I see Bonucci and Immobile necessarily doing that? Definitely not Bonucci. I don't really see him evolving his game much, but that that would be the one weak spot. I got to say, actually, I think the defense is definitely our weak spot too. I don't feel that it's as watertight as it used to be. Okay. You know, when, you, when you've when you had, like, Nesta, Cannavaro, yeah, all uh, those guys, that, they're gone. Yeah, that is, that's a, a, a generation era. that we're not going to see for quite some time. Like, even with Chiellini, Bonucci, and Barzaghi, I felt a lot more oh, yeah. secure. Like, they were great defenders. But, I, honestly, I don't see, maybe Chiellini gets called up. I don't know. But, definitely not as strong of a defense as... I've seen in the past. So especially with the way Mancini wants to play the game, definitely yep. more attacking. I have a feeling we'll def will let up more goals. That's just it's just logic. So but you, I don't know. You guys have a phenomenal attack and a very un Italian like attack. Yeah. That that actually that is what I was gonna get to next is just the the amount of talent that we have the young talent that we have not just in the in the attack portion but also in the goalkeeper position like we have Barella in midfield Tonali both really good players they're having great seasons or they were having good seasons until this whole thing happened um Orsolini who was tearing it up with Bologna yep who I think should personally start over Chiesa like he he deserves his spot a hundred percent and then go into the goalkeeper position. This is one spot where we're just totally loaded, and it sucks because there's only one. You, of there's them only one that can be on the pitch. Exactly. Like we have Donnarumma, who's great. He's what twenty one years old, twenty two. Yep, just turned twenty one, and he's already almost had two hundred caps. Two, not two hundred caps. Two hundred appearances for AC Milan, top tier football. Then we have Alex Mere, who's at who was having a great season mm-hmm. with Napoli, doing great in the Champions League. Uh, and then we have Salvatore Sirigu, who's still a serviceable goalkeeper at 33. Like, I guess you can throw Perin in there, too. You could throw Perin in there. He's not bad. No, no, definitely not. But this is, I got to say, this is definitely the most balanced in terms of overall quality that I've seen from Italy in a long time. And I, I Since, like, 2006? Yeah, I would say so. Like, the other... The other World Cup, like the 2010 World Cup, it was almost the same squad, but they weren't the same. No. Uh, And then, you know, 2014, Yeah. what are you going to do? Like that sort of stuff. But I was really, I think Phil even said it. He was super confident that this team could go far. And I'm still really confident about that. The way that they were playing in the qualifiers. Yeah. Yep. They were doing great, and it's just it's a shame that we have to wait another year, but maybe that's another silver lining there, too. Like you said with Portugal, they have another year to develop. We'll see how that turns out. No, I, I totally agree. I think it's going to be – I think Italy is one of the teams that are going to benefit from this. And, yeah, Chiellini, 
coming off an injury. He's going to be one year older. So I guess it's all going to go down or going to come down to his performance next season. Right. Because I think Chiellini is the type of guy that wants to win with Italy. I think he does too. So he'll stay. And I think he'll stay even if he doesn't start, which if everything runs well, I think he will start. Do you think it's a different situation between him and Pep? Yeah, that, I put you on the spot a yeah, little bit, a little but bit. you know it's it's they're both older defenders, right? They both had their fair share of injuries. Do do you keep them on the squad because of what they can bring? That experience, that you know, they're both still good defenders. Yeah, but has the game evolved so much that you know they they're no longer able to contribute as much? You know, I I I always. So, I would take Chiellini in a heartbeat, but I, 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 I'm I would too. But the thing is, with international football is a little bit different because it's it kind different. of like why these first, like when you get up in age, right, 35, 36, where Chiellini and Pep are right now, you you start to understand the value of the youth mm-hmm. in your national team. Okay, so it's kind of like why don't we see all these talented or, or you know the the starting 11 in the olympics that's true it's a competition for the younger players to prove themselves play in a competition to play for something for something yeah the olympics really isn't a a huge prize a very Not in the prestigious prize in the football world but it gives the young players to fight for something and get a little taste of a, a of a serious competition with the national side. So, like, w- like I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at this just from being a Portugal fan, where when it got to a certain when they got players got to a certain age, Rui Costa, for example, he retired with the national team in 2004. He was still a very good player. 2005, he played in the Champions League final, and you know he was part of that rotation at Milan. Yeah. Um, and same with Luis Figo and Fernando Couto and, and Jorge Costa and so many other players, Deco. Yeah. They got to a certain age and it's just like, okay, I'm not as good as I used to be, but I have, we have to, you know, make room for the younger players, the future. Do you understand where I'm kind yeah, of I, coming I, from? Yeah, so I, I know feel exactly like, what you're saying. I feel like I can see Chiellini staying next year, but I also don't know if he would just you know he's that type of guy you know I mean, we all know how Chiellini is he's he's a good sport he he can just make room for the younger the younger players because he cares about the future of the of the national team yeah oh so. i think that he really want after the 2012 final i think that he he really wants to like make up for that i i don't know but we have more teams that we want to talk about right so, Rui, the next team I think that you wanted to talk about wa- were, I was going to say was, were the Netherlands, right? Mm-hmm. What's going on with them? Like, what silver linings, what positives do does this postponement bring for them? Injuries. A lot of them. Young players. A lot of them. And some players that aren't up to form. So, these are three great um Great reasons why that they are going to benefit from all of this. So we look at the Netherlands. I mean, we got a good taste of it last season with Ajax. The majority of the team, or maybe half the starting lineup, were Dutch and young players, of course. 
So um, right now, their their injured players, their key players, are Don Danielle Malin from PSV. Okay, he's having a remarkable year. He's a very he's a young attacker. Till he got very hurt. very good. Um, Memphis Depay, who's huge, their best attacker at the moment, who went down with an ACL tear, and he plays at Lyon, obviously. And the newly acquisition at Tottenham, Steven Bergevin. And he's also one of their best attackers, young as well. So there's still time for him to grow. So he's got to recover and develop a little bit more. Um, So those three are going to, those three are key players. And if the Netherlands didn't have them, where are they going to find their their goal scorers? Yeah, I, I might be a little have, bit hard. Yeah, they're going to have to rely on the younger players. Yeah, but um, a few problems that they need to fix. Yeah, um, I guess they have to fix their goalkeeper situation. Yeah, Jasper Cleason, he was previously at Barcelona, the backup. You know, he's been the guy for quite a few years now for the Netherlands, and he hasn't had the best year at Valencia. He's been in and out of the rotation because he's out of form, not because of injury or they have another decent goalkeeper. It's more because he's dipped, and that's a problem. They need to fix that. So there's another year for that problem to be fixed. They also have a couple of young goalkeepers mm-hmm. that are basically that that are developing as well. So maybe one of those goalkeepers can be the the future starter on defense. They're set at center backs. Yeah, they're fine. Van Dyke, <laughs> Delict, Steven, uh, Steven DeVry, all set. They're good. <laughs> no problem. Their fullbacks are a little eh. I think they really missed out on Serginho Dest because at that at the moment right now, he would be he starting. He would be starting. He definitely. would be starting Over for the Over Dumfries and Blind? Yeah. yeah. So their starting fullbacks at the moment are Dumfries and Blind. And you can even throw Hans Heitebar from I would Atalanta. I think I he's awesome. A, so you can throw him in, in the mix beat. too. But Have they're a little left back. Dude. They're a little tight right there. So that's yeah. not enough. And their midfield, I do believe that Frankie De Jong, uh, Wijnaldum, and Donny Van de Beek are going to be the three starting midfielders if they were to go with a three midfield formation. The problem is Donny Van de Beek and um, De Jong have kind of dipped down a little bit. Yeah, or maybe stagnated. De Jong's not having a great year. I think that's more of an issue, a Barcelona issue, because he's playing all over the place. He's playing out wide. Not like personal, like he's not having a a personal training issue at Barcelona. No, I think Barcelona as a whole. Barcelona, we mentioned before in previous podcasts, they have a huge problem. And they're throwing him out wide. They're throwing him uh, forward more. He likes to lay back, and he likes to be in a position where he's able to rotate with the defenders, playing deep, defending, and just launch long balls to the attackers. Um, so those three are most likely going to to be the starting uh, midfield. And up in the attack, they have tons of options, young players. Plenty. Memphis Depay and Bergevin at the moment, if they were healthy, they would be the immediate starters. But Myron Broadu from AZ Alkmaar has been tearing it up. Um, same with Calvin Stangs at PSV. Justin Cliver is getting some minutes at Roma. I think he might need another year to really, for them to get an idea of who he is. His last name's Cliver, though, yeah, so I he'll know. make the team. <laughs> and a surprising kid. Uh, Joshua Zerkzy Zirk- from Bayern Munich, who started a match 
um, when Robert Lewandowski just picked, he picked up an injury in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. He played in the first first or second game after the Lewandowski injury in the league, and he managed to get a goal and assist. 18 years old. 18 years old. Promising. Maybe it's just lightning striking, but Who knows? let's see if it continues to strike because the way he was playing in that game, I know it was, I believe it was Hoffenheim. Uh, he was playing a fantastic game. He looked like he was a pro. So, so we'll see. Uh, maybe, all of these teams. Maybe if the Euros, who knows, maybe if the Euros did go on, maybe the Netherlands could have, with all these young players, could have shocked the world. Maybe, but like you said, I think that they would have been worse off. I think so too. Definitely. They need those players back if they want to actually reach any sort of goal with this tournament you know so we'll see the silver lining with all of these teams is they get more time they get a little bit more time to prepare they get a little bit more time to develop that chemistry with each other and nurse injuries whatever it may be that's definitely the the underlying message in all of this uh one team i was kind of surprised that you picked this one really um england but we we really couldn't talk about football without talking about them i guess right (laughs) so England, what's the deal with them? What are they dealing with? And how does this postponement help them? Um, I would say their main problems, they have a lot of young players, but their main issues or areas where they need to work on is definitely in the defense and the midfield. Oh, you mean you don't like Stones, Gomez, or Maguire? No. You don't like them? Um, Why? Well, I mean, I Why? guess it's... Why? Why don't you... It's... They're one of the most expensive... Uh, center backs in Premier League history. Yeah, man. I, but why? I'm not a big fan of Stones. Okay, at all. I really don't think he's that good. I think Joe. I think Gomez could be good. Yeah, I think he can be good, and he's at the right place to grow. Playing with, with Van Dyke Klopp. with Klopp, uh, playing with uh, Joel Matip too. Uh, even having a seasoned uh, veteran like um, Lovren. Yeah. So <laughs> sure. I mean, these are experienced players and good players that he can learn from. So maybe he can be that guy. Now, if he grows to be some to to be a a decent defender, a you know, England will be pretty good because I wouldn't mind having a good defender like Joe Gomez and then having a guy like Harry Maguire next to him because I think Harry Maguire is just a decent defender. Average. He's nowhere near worth eighty-one million pounds, but he can. <laughs> He can win uh, balls in the air, so he's he's actually very lethal on set pieces. Mm-hmm. That's pretty slab like head of his. He's pretty good with the ball, um, with his feet. Believe it or not, he was kind of like in the beginning of the season. He was almost like the regista at Manchester United, which is kind of that's scary. Just kind of explains the problems uh, Manchester United <laughs> have when they didn't have Bruno Fernandes and they didn't have Paul Pogba healthy. You know, yeah. But uh, he is very good with the ball um, at his feet. And his defending is just average. It's nothing special. I don't think I don't really rate him as um, as highly as a lot of EPL fans like to. Um, I think he's solid. I if you pair him next to a good defender, I think England will be okay. Um, they're going to be all set at fullbacks with well at the right side at least with Trent Alexander Arnold, and then I don't know maybe you can throw Kieran Trippier on the left, maybe, maybe. Kyle Walker on the left. 
there's a lot of options that they can go yeah, with who because plays last the left? year they had believe it or not um, last year the last World Cup they had three center backs they had Stones Maguire and they moved Kyle Walker there and Kieran Trippier to the oh, outside right. yeah but their midfield ugh. <laughs> what what you don't like Harry Winks uh, Harry Winks is okay. Uh, I mean, he's a young player. You don't like Deli Alley. Deli Alley's good, but he, he's more of an attacker. He's not a true midfielder. Not yeah, on a flat true. line uh, midfield. I wouldn't throw him there. I'd be Jordan more... Henderson. Jordan Henderson. I I like him. He's he's a good player. But who else do we have? Okay, we have uh, Harry Winks. That's young. We have Jack Grealish. That's young. James Madison. That are young. Jack Grealish. Now, yeah. Grealish and Madison have had very good seasons. Very this good year. years. I feel like they young would be players. getting called up. If this were all to happen, Joe Gomez grows, or maybe even Harry Maguire grows. You mean the postponement? Yep. Okay. They grow for another year. And now these young midfielders actually grow to play alongside Jordan Henderson. And then with that attack, with Harry Kane, Deli Alley, Sterling, Jaden Sancho. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's that's a lethal team right there. So, yeah. is it coming home, the World Cup? No. Or the Euro. The Euro, maybe it could. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the I one... don't want to be too harsh on the, on my English friends. I you know, I I love their league, but their their national team has the man, underachievers, the, yeah. the perpetual underachievers. Um but I was I was going to say the one glaring hole that I saw in all of this was that this team, if they don't have Harry Kane, who they got you know, to hold I, to to really yeah. tip, you know, drag that front line, I I don't see. It. I love Sterling. I think Sterling's uh, he's a great. fantastic player. Yeah, Jaden Sancho. Can you believe that this kid is going to be given one more year to grow, uh, to develop? He, he's, he's he's good. Scary he's very good. good. He's scary good. You were right. You know, if Harry Kane goes down, I guess you can throw Deli Ali up there. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the, that's the, but we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna have to deal with that because we're not playing the Euros right now. Yeah. Like if they were playing the Euros right now, I don't think that they would be able to. to they would be able to cut it without Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, they would be in deep. Harry Kane would be back in time, but we know how these injuries go. Not the same. When you force yourself to come back early or too soon or. If you just show up just or you get healthy just in time for the arrows, it's gonna take a little bit yeah. to get back into your groove. So that could be that could have been the the issue. So there's definitely hope for this is great news for these four teams. There are also other teams that we should probably yeah, cover we at should. some point. Yeah, since we definitely we're gonna be should. without football for at least another couple of weeks, I would say. Probably even longer than that. Uh, probably. Um probably. So yeah, there's Teams like Turkey, Germany, Belgium. there's uh, a lot of question marks in, in Germany, a lot of question marks with, with Belgium as well. Yeah, if so, you guys think of any, I yeah. mean, find us on Twitter, that's for sure. Actually, that's all. That's really all that I got, really. Do, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I I don't know, Joe. I'm kind of getting nervous. Really? Without the, without the no football, like, what are we going to talk know, about? A- We're going to have to, like have like this history channel theme going on on this show <laughs> the history channel theme it'd be like the year was 1899 AC Milan. the history established history of roma yeah. <laughs> 1942 title winners 
and the decline. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> what about all our faithful Roman no, listeners, just, man? Dude, I'm an AC Milan fan. Uh, it, it, it's brutal. Sure. It's brutal. Yeah. Um any any jab you you can give out, you're going to do it. So Yeah, but I got do. one last thing and I yeah. just remembered and I am an idiot. I'm going to apologize for to uh, to Sabrina Belmonte from the play by play uh, from the play by play pod, I was on her show yesterday. Um, she's going to be releasing it soon, and I was on the show with uh, Frank Cravello from the City uh, Sit Down. Yeah, yep, I believe I it's. The, I, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the City Sit Down, which was a great episode. We talked about uh, Milan, the Banta era, um, our favorite moments of Milan, our worst moments, and, you know, all, what methods would we uh, choose to better the club and everything. It was really, really cool, so... Um, give them sure, a listen. Give them a listen. Don't even just give them a listen. Give uh, give them a follow. Give them a like. Both podcasts. Um, subscribe. They're awesome. So if you're a huge fan of SETI, uh, those are two great podcasts and uh, two great people, that's for sure. But you gotta apologize to them? Yeah, because I, I, I yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, you were gonna it. forget your own apology. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what? Um, yeah, so uh, I wanted to do that in the beginning of the show. Okay. You know, just talk about it in the beginning. It's better to talk about it and promote oh, in the beginning. Oh, sure. Okay, so, now I understand. Sabrina, I'm sorry. Ah. Um, so sorry, Sabrina. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it was a great time. So please give them a like, give them a follow, give them a subscribe. And give them a listen for sure. They're they're awesome. Yeah, and if you wouldn't mind, if you like what you heard, do the same for us. Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback that you guys give us. Um, if you could follow us on Twitter at rcr underscore podcast. You know, send us a message, guys. Like yeah. we we really we're we're all struggling through this right now. So we we would love to hear some of the topics that you guys want us to cover. In the meantime, too. Uh, we will definitely cover some of the national teams, but anything you guys come up with, that would be great. So, as always, guys, thank you again, and we will see you again soon. Then I check the two just Let's dance without thinking.